Hi, you're listening to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast. My name is Gabe Fall. I am here with Aaron Woods. Howdy, howdy. John Swanson. What is up? And AJ Idy. Hello. I'm hoping everyone's having a good week. We're releasing this on November 8th. A housekeeping thing, actually, that we have. Episode 20. For this week. It is episode 20. We've done this 20 times so far. That's... I. I honestly can't believe that that's the case. And I'm going to keep saying that <laughs> Pretty every time. A lot of times. <laughs> yeah, Wait till like, we hit 100, man. That'll be amazeballs. That's going to be nuts. <laughs> that's going to be nuts for sure. Uh, we do have our first special episode that is live right now. Put it up on Wednesday, just two days ago. And that is an interview with Nicholas Covedo. He is the man who is going to be the... Pokemon CEO in 2038. Uh, if you're interested at all in that, you can listen to that. Uh, you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast, or just follow us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast, and you'll be able to hear or at least see a link to it there. It's a really interesting interview. We talk about we talk a lot about Pokemon. We talk a lot about Sword and Shield. And we talk a lot about Nicholas's wild ride. So go ahead and give that a listen. If that's something that interests you, if that's content that you'd like to hear from us, let us know, because we will gladly do more of that. All right, let's jump right into what we are playing. John, Yeah. what have you been playing? I finally finished Borderlands, much to AJ jumped in and uh, helped me me out with that. Was it this last weekend? Maybe a few days ago? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was on Saturday. (laughs) I don't know, AJ, you can maybe... uh, give your two cents too but i i thought it was it was really good i mean more borderlands is still really fun the shooting is fantastic finding new weapons that work in different ways than your previous ones like keeps it exciting it keeps you wanting to like seek out more legendary weapons and whatnot but it does and not even the story wasn't bad i thought it was okay mm-hmm. and for me as i'm sure you guys got tired of me saying it was too long just kept going and going and there's even well i don't know when i let's just say i thought it ended and it didn't end there was like a few more hours after that and again yeah. it's fun but it's just like kind of after a little while i think my sweet spot for games like that is probably like 15 to 20 hours maybe and this mm-hmm. was certainly a lot longer than that so yeah, that, that whole last world felt like it could have been like half the game, but instead yeah. it was just I don't know. Yeah. Because it was good, but it but it could have just that. It, I think if they would have just made that part happen sooner. Yeah. Like cut some of the earlier stuff out. Yeah. But, I was like a whole new world at this point. Like just seemed like a lot, and I I was in no way a completionist either. Like a lot of the map on several of the planets i have barely even discovered all of it so again <laughs> it's not because i lack the interest in doing it it's just because there are other things i would like to play than borderlands 3 and i was just talking to aj about it like i, I understand not everybody is in the position where we can like kind of buy games whenever we want to or whatever so but yeah. i 
Like I've been wanting to play Outer Worlds for like a week by the time I finished Borderlands three. So <laughs> uh and Luigi's Mansion also, which is a good segue into me playing those games and those games being awesome. First I'll talk about because you guys some of you guys are playing Outer Worlds, aren't you? Yeah, what? I actually just rolled credits on it oh, this you weekend. God, yeah. You play games so fast, dude. I don't know. Well, find the time. Well, I don't have children, first of all. Oh, yeah. And second, yeah, and second right. of all, I played <laughs> it from, like, 6 a.m. to, like, 8 p.m. on Saturday, so... Yeah. That's or Sunday. One of I those games the... uh, I could see getting away from you, kind of like yeah. Fallout 3 did, but uh, let's talk about that last, because I don't think you yep. guys are playing Luigi's Mansion no. 3, which is also awesome. Just and, sucking off ghosts. Yeah, just I have covered in white ghost goo from <laughs> sucking off all those ghosts so hard, man. <laughs> uh, the ectoplasm. Oh it's ectoplasm. Oh the EPA is coming to your fucking mouth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fun, man, and it's it keeps it interesting. It's like not like fall out of my chair laughing funny, but. It'll make you chuckle from time to time just in the way they talk to one another. And, like, Egad, who is, like, the scientist, apparently, from the first couple. Oh, jeez. Even his... They don't talk. It's all subtitled. But yeah, even his, like, little meep-meep-meep kind of, like, Pikachu-type voice <laughs> sounds like a Japanese, like, chatter or something. And then... Yeah. It's so weird, but it's, it's, uh, I mean that in like, it's, it's, uh, what do I mean? Like it's genuine. It's like not something you hear very often and just their chatter back and forth is kind of entertaining. So, and just the things that happen, it's just ridiculous. You're chasing around these ghosts that are, you can't really take very seriously and it's fun, man. It just keeps it entertaining. The Gooigi stuff, which again, I can't compare this to the previous two, but it does make it part of puzzle solving and the puzzles aren't in your face right away like obviously this is so stupid why would you have me do this because it's a kid's game kind of thing they're some of them are moderately challenging and stuff so it keeps you intrigued and whatnot so i would definitely give that game two thumbs up for sure and recommend playing it but aj give that one a shot i think you're the only other one with a I think I'm going to at some point. I'm just in the, like, two... I've been buying way too many games. I know. Like, lately, so I've got to kind of chill on it a little bit. Yeah. So I think I'm going to get to that game eventually, but who knows? Like, right maybe now. it'll be even, like, next Halloween. Like, it could be, yeah. like, I don't play it till then. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I've been playing Outer Worlds, which I've yeah. only... I think I've only put, like, five hours into it. How did you spec your character? Oh, man, with a lot of persuasion and intelligence and lockpicking and hacking were, like, the things I focused on, because I feel like those open up the game a little bit more, Mm -hmm. like, give you opportunities for more dialogue and then opportunities to open areas earlier that you wouldn't be able to open if you didn't have those skills. So that's how I spec my character. And then I got my the first companion and completed mostly side missions and for how much dialogue that it games it's well written and it's Mm -hmm. the way it's very dry humor i thought it would be a little bit 
more slapsticky, I guess. But it's it's really interesting because it's hard to derive the humor from it because the characters and the things they're saying. Again, I sorry to use this word twice in two different topics, but they're very genuine in the way that they're saying it. You know what I mean? They genuinely yeah. believe the things that they're saying, even though they're ridiculous to us. So that makes it even slightly less comical, more like a tragedy almost, I guess is what I would say, because they're so dehumanized by capitalism. Yeah. The world that they live in that they can't even, the things that they express as normal are just like so messed up to you. you Right. They'll be like a day off. What's that? Yeah. And shit it's like that. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, and they're but they don't. They're not saying it in like I don't know in a way. Yeah, that's they obvious, like legitimately don't know. Yeah, they like yeah. legitimately haven't heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a comical, a dark, dark humor kind of like a dark, yeah, a dark comedy, I guess. But it is really fun, and it's fun to just do the side quests and stuff. I love doing side quests and fall. It just made me miss Fallout Three. Oh my god, dude! It's just. It's Fallout 3, and but better graphics, and the like, story's different, but it just reminds me so much of that, and I just, it takes me back to, like, 10 years ago, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It is. So, it's, like, perfect in that way. Just yeah. how, how close to Fallout it is. It's yeah. so great. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. And I would recommend that to anyone who's played those games and enjoyed them and people have been complaining about the shooting which it's not great but it's not bad i mean i've had worse shooting in games before so i was kind of worried about the combat being that's another reason i spec my character the way i did because i'd heard the combat was somewhat poor so if i didn't need to use it that would be another way to kind of segue around that and i found it satisfying to like engage in combat and it's not terribly difficult so kind of rewarding in that regard so yeah i was able to skip i was able to skip a huge combat interaction with i mean i can assume because with like my ability like my persuasion abilities or whatever actually it was intimidate my intimidate was up to 100 so, oh, really? I, yeah, at this one, like, I don't remember if it was a main mission or side mission, but like, I talked my way out of it, and then they were like, all right, everyone out. And like, 15 fucking guys like walked past me, like, on the way oh, out nice. of this place. And I was like, oh, I would have killed all of you. <laughs> yeah. And you can, the persuasive things are funny because everything you say, <laughs> like, I feel like in Fallout or in games that's been compared to a lot of, people I've heard compared to Mass Effect and Mass Effect especially in the first one I remember you could there was the Renegade and I don't know if you guys remember what the Paragon Paragon, Paragon and yeah. Renegade and then yeah and there was obvious which one you were choosing in mm-hmm. this one like if there are three di- dialogue options all three of them are snarky yep. and you just have to like <laughs> pick which one is the least at least in the story that I'm pursuing I guess yep on the character that I've built, but it's just funny. It's because each, that's just how your character is. Cause this world's so unbelievable. It's like, yeah. you realize and how fucked up what you're saying is, right? Yeah. One other thing that I saw too, that, that happened to me was, um, 
like a lot of games you can kind of tell like which the like which point in the dialogue choices is going to be like the part where it decides you know yeah and yep. i had like select me i like made a decision like just kind of thinking like just with the way that i would talk and then it ended up being like a big decision yeah. and i didn't realize i was making a big decision at that moment it was just like what i felt with and like went with this and i was like oh shit that was actually like an impactful this yeah. decision that i just fucking made yeah <laughs> which brings me to another good point dude you can save scum in this game as much as you could in fallout 3 <laughs> so if you think like you're about to make a good de- a big decision like that just save it right beforehand and if you hate the way it turns out you can go back and reload nice. it which i think <laughs> I know some people don't like that. They don't think it's very, uh, like, the way you're supposed to play it or whatever, but I don't care. That's crucial to Fallout games. I, any I, sort of, like, we, we Western agree. RPG. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, Gabe, what have you been playing, man? I've been playing game of life. Call of Duty. I mean, a lot of the game of life. <laughs> Raising <laughs> the kids, making sure that, you know, everything, they're doing good. They're surviving in the world. So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, I've been also playing quite a bit of Call of Duty. I know I talked a little bit about it last week, but oh, this game's really fun. <laughs> I actually started doing the campaign. I haven't gotten very far in it, but this game may not be as large a scale as more recent Call of Duties, um, at least Call of Duty campaigns like World War II or even Infinite Warfare. You know, it's not we're not saving the world necessarily. You're just going on these smaller missions to eliminate cells of terrorists. Or something like that. This game, though, it it starts out with some of the most, like one of the most cinematic move scenes I've ever seen in a video game, and it's just I want to spoil it just because it is like the very opening scene, so it wouldn't be too bad. Nah. But what it is, nah. Aaron's gonna no. Tell no. All right, all right, all right. I just I just want to say it it looks so cool. Everything in this game looks cool. Uh, there are things that truly are like horrifying. But when you hold it in the context of this is a game or this is a piece of entertainment that I should be enjoying, much like something like The Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty or any of those other kind of modern war movies, um, American Sniper, I think, is a really good analogy for what kind of like cinematography and what kind of uh, what the content of this game has in terms of the the tough moral decisions, and the, the graphic gruesomeness and all that. It's it's really, really good. And again, the cinematics are just fantastic. From the very opening scene, when you select campaign and go right into it, it's, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. <laughs> so I've been playing that. And, of course, more multiplayer. My wife, Alyssa, yeah. has played just under three times as much as I have uh, in the multiplayer. <laughs> she is a lot better than me at it right now. She's actually sitting right next to me. She's checking her stats and... Yeah, she's got 16 hours <laughs> spent playing multiplayer. I have nice. six hours spent in multiplayer. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> she's been rocking it. She's been loving it too, which is a pretty good setup right now. She actually is just starting a game uh, where she is on Xbox and she's playing against a team on PC. Nice. So oh, we nice. will see how this goes. This is, I mean, it's, guys, it's really cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't know cool. how to express it, how cool this is right now. So like, um, my, bold my enough wife... to go mouse versus keyboard, keyboard and mouse versus controller? Yeah, well, we're going to see right now, because it is 
Yeah, it is all Xbox versus all PC right now. Oh, nice. Good luck, I thought to, good luck to her. Good luck to her. <laughs> yeah. That is bold. <laughs> but I thought somewhere that it, it showed controllers and mouse and keyboard, and that was it. Like, it didn't discern, like, what you were playing it on, but what interface you were using or something like that. But well, what do I well, know? What it, what it showed is it showed uh, the Xbox logo, a controller with the Xbox logo, Oh, and then okay. a keyboard and a monitor, oh. or you know, like a rectangle, yeah, a rectangular monitor. So, dude, uh, so they're not even yeah. playing with a mouse, dude. They're just playing with a keyboard and a monitor. All right, so they're, I've been told that screen monitors what they're you. playing with. I've been told <laughs> that it won't match make you against someone playing with mouse and keyboard. Like it knows that even if you're on the PC, that you're using a controller. That's uh, what I it, was told. Yeah. So yeah, you're not playing I mean, against. Heard there's, there's like numerous ways that people are always trying to circumvent that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm sure cheaters. they have whatever security protocols in place, but Damn who knows cheaters. how good they are. <laughs> well, I also think that the research that's gone into a lot of these, especially first-person shooters um, and crossplay, is it could because on a PC you could be playing with a controller, you could be playing with. A joystick you could be playing with you know any number of devices that you can hook up with a usb to your pc so i think that really the it's up to the developers and up to the game makers to really kind of develop for that or try to make that as negligible as possible like whatever input device you're using yeah and i i don't know how they do it uh especially with some of these really twitchy shooters like call of duty or halo or you know, a lot of these big games. Borderlands, I imagine, would be a big issue, too, uh, if that ever was a crossplay. Well, Google's figure, figured out how to do negative latency, so <laughs> which is effectively traveling back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, it, I'll so. believe that when they actually make the promises they already sold people on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'll believe well, that when they get a Bluetooth controller to connect right. to a PC. Yeah. Yeah. Get, I mean, come on. Wait, wait, wait and see. Wait and see. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, I have not gotten any further in the Outer Worlds. I've wanted to, but it's just Call of Duty is guy. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's yeah, Call of Duty I, house. I, totally see that, man. Yeah, and I really can't just like, I can't seem to pull myself away from it enough to play anything else, which is a little unfortunate because it is you know that time of year where there's a lot of good games coming out. But this, I mean, this is so much fun. That's what I've been playing. Cool, cool. Aaron, what about you? What have you been on? I've been on the real life train for a while. Like I was saying, lack of sleep because yeah. of uh, my daughter's current wantingness to get up at the butt crack of dawn every morning has not worked out super hot for me for the last five or so days. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't do a ton of gaming over the weekend. It was more like, A, just prepping around the house for fall or for winter, rather, and taking care of my boat and um, trying to get to catch up on any and all sleep I could get. But I played, you know, a little bit more Fortnite, still crushing at that, yada, yada, yada. You know, really, honestly, not that much else. Um, I, I, I did not, especially did not want, well, A, for our millions and millions of listeners around the world to be a spoiler cast on the new Call of Duty, but also because selfishly, my wife... She's heading out of town this weekend, so when my daughter goes to sleep, I plan on at some point between now and then hit. hit, Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a Redbox rental and just smash the campaign this weekend. 
Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? I don't know. I am You're so a pharmacist, John. Stupid. I expect better of you. I know. A lot of people think I'm smart, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I guess so, it's a common misconception. <laughs> I would, so, uh, if you're going to do that, I would advise just giving yourself a good 10 hours to download everything because it is a huge game. And it, well, I mean, there have the already option? been like did 10 patches. The option? For it. Well, no, maybe not though, because you're on Xbox, so I don't know. A lot of, like I was saying earlier, or it's a previous episode, a lot of times you'll get, I'll get the option as a PlayStation 4 owner to download the single player campaign or the multiplayer um, straight away. So hopefully that'll save on some of that time, but I'm sure it's moody either way. Yeah, um, and and you do have that option. I know I have that option on Xbox. I, of course, just yeah. download the whole game because I have the time, but you probably will have that option on uh, PlayStation as well. Yeah. So... Long story short, didn't play much, didn't have time, didn't have the will or ability to say, I, I like literally Saturday night, was Saturday night? I don't even remember. Yes. Saturday night, I was watching, oh, the season two of uh, Jack Ryan on Amazon with my wife, and I fell asleep midway through the episode, and she just let me pass out. At like eight o'clock on the couch, lying next to her, and I woke up at like three thirty in the morning with a kink in my neck. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so that was my weekend for the most yeah. part. I don't have much else to say beyond that. So, how about yourself, AJ? Yeah, I've been after rolling credits on Outer Worlds. I've been kind of in video game purgatory a little bit. Like, I was trying to figure out what to play. I turned on. I actually popped the Division two in for a minute. And loaded that up, and it was just, like, inundating me with new things to do and, like, new missions and all this information. And I was like, this is overwhelming. And I just joined someone's fight for, like, one mission and then shut it off. (laughs) Nice. Because I was like, fuck, I have to, like, basically learn a new game if I'm going to play this. But, see, it looked like it was pretty cool. So if you're into Division 2, there's a bunch of new stuff to check out. But I think what... The main thing we want to talk about is we went back to Glitch, Aaron and I did, after a little pit stop at the Wienery oh, uh, so in your old stomping grounds. Yeah, for for some meat in tube form. I had a nice broth yeah. with some trout on it. Yeah. Some mostly <laughs> no normal joke. sandwiches we had. <laughs> when, I, nice. when I saw you put that, I was like, oh, he, I think you just probably spelled winery wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yeah. until right now that I'm realizing that that is not what you were saying. Yeah, and it's also not a gay bar. Oh, the yeah. Winery. yeah. That would be another good one. I've heard right. that asked before. <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah, so we had some delicious grub there and it's so cheap too man i can't believe how cheap it is it's like 750 for my entire meal and i feel like you're getting a lot of quality there and yeah it's like like i was we were kind of talking about like that place has been open forever as far as well relative to my adult life in minneapolis right i mean it was around during college and everything Mm -hmm. and we were at it all the time in my early 20s and that place of all the places, I you know, and like I mean, I get the Cedar Riverside area is not the posh area to renovate and gentrify, but I'm I'm, I'm shockingly happy that that place is still kicking. Yeah. So. Um. But so yeah. So after grubbing some food there, we went over to Glitch headquarters. And, uh, I think that it's called Glitch MN officially, but 
They have a monthly play test where they invite game developers there. I think we talked about it on one of our early episodes. But we got to check out a whole bunch of games, and I think you have a better list than I do. But the first one that we played was called Fingence. Yes. And that was pretty cool because it's a four-player like side-scrolling shooter. And I just thought it was pretty cool to like sit down and play with the developers and you were able to like ask questions, you know, during the play like, "Hey, does this is this difficulty ramped up because there's four of us playing at the same time?" and just like, all, you know, just little shit like that and they were able to answer it right there. Right. And the game itself was pretty fun. Uh <laughs> Well, and the one thing I actually that was like that I didn't necessarily anticipate, but that I got the feeling of right away it was it was like very interactive in so far not the game itself but in the way that you know they wanted you to sit down try their game out and then literally offer them feedback constructive criticism or mm-hmm. whatever compliments and whatever questions it was pretty much an ama every dev we sat down there with um and i forget who was the gentleman's name who was who we we're discussing with who also works for glitch who was one of the primaries on vengeance well, it was Charles. Charles. So Charles. Yeah, Charles Gregor, I believe, and him and his brother. Right. And his brother is on. I'm pretty sure his brother is a regular on the the Nice Games cast, which is okay. a a podcast by game developers. I think they all work at Glitch. Okay. Uh, um, right. Well, Charles does, and um, the game he is making is from uh, Escape Industries, and that's ESC Industries. You can find them on Twitter at at ESC Industries. Yeah, feel free to hit him up. It was super cool. It was like a co-op, side-scrolling shooter. It was... It's really colorful. Very colorful. It's kind of in the vein, like, art, the art style of, like, Futurama meets, like, Castle Crashers or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I really liked, like, you know, it, it's it's almost weird. It's almost like a each, each, like, character shooter has, like, different abilities and... You go about attacking the bosses um, and, and just the, the map itself differently. And it, it kind of functions also somewhat like a looter shooter from the um, not having loot, per se. But if all four members of the party or three members or if you're playing a multiplayer game, if everybody is so the game isn't over until everybody's all dead at the same time and you get everybody has like a respawn counter so yeah. people are just like survive for the next 10 seconds so i can oh, get that's back in a cool idea right yeah. and i thought that was really slick so i thoroughly enjoyed giving that a run through yeah um, it was fun and it seems like i mean there that's i would say that that game and i don't want to speak for charles or anybody at escape industries but it seemed pretty finely tuned so far it seems yeah. like they're probably in the the beta stages at this juncture and definitely not alpha or pre-alpha so we were testing the the boss which was cool yeah yeah the end game yeah yeah for difficulty the scalability and everything that was pretty cool and how'd you guys do uh we got our asses yeah he had to turn it down yeah (laughs) he had to turn the the difficulty down (laughs) so it was cool though it was it was a lot of fun and the game like we were saying the game had a wicked awesome art style and cool we were able to like like AJ was saying I was able to ask them just a bunch of just random questions about the game and offer up ideas to them that I had while playing it. Like, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll incorporate some of them. Probably not at this point in time, but 
Yeah, who um, knows? And and then the next one that we tried was that, and this is the only one I actually don't have the name of. Emery. It was yeah, Emery. Yeah, Emery, and it's that platformer. Yeah, and it was by a gentleman named Ryan, and you can find him at Blaha underscore Ryan. That's B-L-A-H-A underscore R-Y-A-N. If he had a actual formalized development company title, I was unaware of it, and I apologize. Um, but yeah, it was it was a platformer that was itself pretty cool. It had a kind of a almost a super Super Mario Land art yeah. style, but it was aquatic, but also robotic. It yeah, was I weird. think I, I think Emery is the main character's name and the name of the game, and he's like a little square robot guy. Yep. And then there was one mechanic where you had like little like drone wings almost like the fans come out the side of them and he could right. kind of like hover across which was right. a cool mechanic yeah you could like pick up power-ups as you played so like sort of like mario right where you you pick up like um you know mushroom or get the get the tail the the squirrel tail or whatever similarly it had like various things you could pick up and you know, it was about, like, time trials and stuff, too. It was kind of something he was interested in with that one. And then, mm-hmm. um, gosh, I'm failing to remember everything I wanted to say about that game. But it it was pretty neat. He said he'd, it's been a pet project of his since, like, middle school. And he, he looks like he's, he's definitely no longer in middle school. <laughs> but yeah. but he's been working on it for a while. And he also had another uh, phone game that we got to try out. Yes. Um, which... If you give me one, I actually moment. have it in front of me. It's okay, called awesome. it's called Phage, or uh, it's P H A G E, right? And that's by the same guy, yeah, Ryan Blaha. And that game was sweaty. Like basically, what it was is I can't remember what they were, but it was like a shooter, and the way you shot was by tapping the thing with your thumb. So like things were coming down from the top of the screen. And you were, like, tapping them as fast as you could to shoot them. And then you could, like, hit a button to target all of them at once and kind of, like, clear the screen. But And then as you were, like, tapping to fire, like, you would get, like, a a bar would heat up on the top. So, like, basically you were overheating your gun. And to cool down, you had to tap, like, the the cool down bar super fast. So you're, like, tapping with your thumbs on these things, and then you're, like, oh, shit, I'm overheating. And you're, like, tap, 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 tap on the top. And there's, like, things coming down and... It's actually a lot of fun, but also, like, I don't know about you, but when I'm, like, playing these games and the developers are watching me, there's, like, a lot of pressure, too, because yeah. I'm, like, they're watching me and they know how to play this game, and I'm, like, it's hot as hell in this area with, like, 30 people, yeah. and I'm playing this freaking phone game while the developer watches me, and I'm, like, ah! <laughs> I think they like, I mean, they definitely like that, though, because they want to see how, A, intuitive it is, right? Like, yeah. how quickly you can pick it up. And I, I believe that game was, like, you're, like, effectively, like, a white, like, a super white blood cell. Yes. Right? And, and yeah. yep. you're, you're trying to fight against the, like, bad yeah, amoebas right. coming at you, right? Yeah. Like a macrophage. Bacteria. Right? Bacteria. And, and one of the, there was, like, a third power that your little white blood cell guy had. Oh, yeah. Was that you could, like, do this pinch thing. Like, uh, like if you had, if you double press with two fingers close together and then you expand it a little box would show up 
and everything in that box would drastically slow down. Oh, so what? As, that. as things were falling, you could like try to trap them in a line, right? Sort of like Tetris-esque, and then blast them all with the laser. So that was another yeah, piece of the strategy of that game. So that that was pretty slick. Yeah, this game sounds be, like so much fun. It actually it was, was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Very low tech, but very cool. Um, yeah. He said, I think he'd only been working on that one for a few months. So he, he was able to develop that one fairly quickly. And then, let's see, the next game we tried, I'm going to butcher the name because I'm just terrible. No, I got it. No, oh, yeah, it was, Pro- it was Project Cryptic first. Yeah. Project Cryptic. And that was that little platformer. Yep. Like, that was, like, gray and black, sort of dark. Yep. And that was by a gentleman named Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find him at P-R-O- Project, or Project Cryptic. P-R-O-J-C-R-Y-P-T-I-C. Um, so not quite Project Cryptic all the way. Project um, Cryptic. <laughs> yeah, Project Cryptic. And he actually kind of shows you what it is on his Twitter page and everything too. And that was actually pretty cool. It was it was a platformer that was I thought of probably any of the games we got to try out there, the controls on that game were probably the the tightest. Yeah, as the far jump, as like responsiveness. The jump um, was money. Yeah. Very much so. And it's it's kind of he's I'm pretty sure he said it, it doesn't really have levels. You just you go through it, and it, it's almost uh, in a Metroidvania exploration. He uses yeah. that word a couple times. Yeah, where you just kind of have to find your way through, and there's multiple paths, and still have to do some backtracking back to keep progressing. And it it didn't really seem like there was any bad guys or anything like that, and there was a lot of hidden secrets you could apparently find, which I found zero of. But yeah, <laughs> um, it seemed very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say that game too, like, seemed like it was in a fairly advanced state, and so I, I guess I don't know when he he was planning on having that come out um, or, or aiming for, but it, it, it seemed pretty cool, and I'd, I'd give that a go just to kind of mm-hmm. see what that game eventually morphs into, because that was kind of like a, a mystery, like where does that game ultimately progress to? Because it was kind of amorphic in a certain sense. Then we played. I don't know, AJ, did you play Gunhilder? I actually didn't play this one, which I was fine with, because for one, I'm not like a PC gamer, so unless you hand me like a controller, I'm going to struggle. And that one was keyboard and mouse, which I could have figured out. Obviously, I've played some games that way, but uh, watching you was fine. And it looked pretty, like of the games I saw, uh, it looked like the most, I don't know how to say, like, triple a if that makes sense like it was like a first person right and you were going yeah. through there's some really cool effects in it that i saw yeah the graphics are pretty cool it, it's interesting because it, it takes place um within like it involves a uh, nordic lore right so oh and this helm rat and dog games i don't stuff. know if you said that yeah i don't know if you said yeah, rat dog that. games yeah. and, and the gentleman's name uh representing rat dog games which you can find at at Rat Dog Games, um, his name was Aaron. Also, so you know, <laughs> you know he's you know he's cool from the get. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So it was like a it was like almost a futuristic setting for a game that was heavily featuring Nordic mythology. It was kind of like 
Tron-ish to a certain effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of cool. Uh, they're definitely working on I mean, they got voice actors and everything and a lot of narration. And we got to play through uh, the majority of the tutorial, which kind of like very smartly kind of tries to teach you how to do new skills as you run up against a wall you previously haven't been able to jump over or whatever else. Um, you know, and, and they're awesome, you know, especially he wanted as much feedback as he could get. And I was, uh, yeah, he filmed your playthrough, didn't he? Yes, he did. And, um, hopefully he was able to provide or the feedback I was able to provide, uh, will help, help them progress with their development of that game. But it, it seemed pretty cool. I would personally like to see where that game goes and where the story evolves. The gunplay was pretty all right. Like there was like a flat, like the guns were actually very like Unreal Tournament-esque in design and in style. But then you also had like this hyper dash button that you could utilize along with a double jump and then uh, a melee move. So the gunplay, like once they kind of really locked down, you know, all the, the bad guys and, uh, the enemies, the gu- the gunplay in that game and combat could get real fast, real furious, and uh, real chaotic, but fun. Um, mm-hmm. And like the visuals are pretty cool, so I hope they're able to continue on their development road with that one. For and sure. The last game, I didn't actually get to play it, but I watched it thoroughly. Me neither. Um, it was a game called Ambiens, so not to be confused with the drug. but it was uh gosh i feel so yeah it's called it's called um ambience states of mind states of mind by it looks like at ziotech it's x-i-o-t-e-x and are you sure it's not the drug (laughs) so i think ziotech media who something like that (laughs) media jolt media jolt at so at media jolt zero zero one and at Ziotex X I O T E X. Those are the two guys really involved in the game. Forget the gentleman who uh his name who was there. He's the the, the, the guy at Twitter for uh Media Jolts Zero Zero One. He was telling me how Ziotex, who was his partner who was based somewhere in the UK, is his coding partner in all this. And that guy evidently had worked for uh he's been in the video game industry working on various titles of various developers big and small for like the last 25 years so he's really in it and it's a super sweet game it's it's wild um, so it's procedurally generated the whole game is procedurally generated including the music and what you have to do is imagine imagine a three-dimensional maze that you have to navigate and find these orbs before this timer expires while simultaneously being like chased at a very slow pace by what are effectively pac-man ghosts like kush balls is what he was yeah. like kush kush ball enemies <laughs> right and every time a kush ball hits you you lose a minute and your goal is to collect like x amount of orbs or, or gems or whatever in like the time frame allowed so if you get hit by the thing it knocks a minute off it's pretty it's like a pretty big punishment or whatever from touching the bad guys so oh, geez. it was wild like just watching people trying to navigate the space like it looked kind of uh like really disorientating at times but also like mesmerizing and just the color palettes that at, like stark differences between the different levels it looks super cool like i i wish i would have got a chance to play it but 
I don't know, maybe next time or something. Yeah, I, I is procedurally generated. Like, I mean, so if you're in a 3D, like, labyrinthian kind of area, is right. that entire level procedurally generated, yeah. like, then? And then you have, you course through that whole level? Or is it, like, as you proceed through the level, it's generated in front of you? No, so it, it itself is generated as you load it up. So okay. he sets all the parameters within the algorithm, uh, within the algorithms. Yeah. Um, so there's various constraints. Um, and each, so there's technically, so there's technically like 10 levels he has right now. Each level has its own like art style. And some of them use like a fisheye lens, which makes everything else also really crazy looking. Yeah. Um, but each of the different quote unquote levels has the parameter of his, of its own unique algorithm relative to that level. And then all of the random generations happen on top of that. So he has 10 quote unquote levels, but it effectively is still infinite because each time it's different. Right. Um, and he's, he's looking to have 20 complete within the next, I think month or so. And then his, he said his ultimate goal, uh, you know, if they were you know to release and publish and it was mildly successful that they would, he would aim for upwards of a hundred. Um, oh, so he, he, he's the art and level designer himself. Um, he was a fantastic guy to speak with. Um, yeah. Really smart, had a lot of cool things to say about it. And they, they had some really cool ideas. So, like, even though, like, one of, one of the big things they wanted to incorporate um, was, like, competitive, like, time attack and leaderboards, right? And I was, like, asking them, okay, so how do you how do you do that? in a procedurally generated game, right? Because not every, it's it's never going to be a one-to-one competition. He's like, aha. But what we're doing is actually going to encode like a unique watermark every time a level is generated that then you could just send a screenshot to your buddy and as, they, as the game reads that screenshot, it'll see the encoded watermark and actually okay. understand the parameters of the level that was randomly generated and duplicate that exact same level in your game huh. so that you could try to beat the other guy's time. And I was like, that's freaking cool. Like, yeah. That, so, cause that, cause, cause otherwise, how are you going to have a truly competitive uh, right. game where, where, you know, random generation, you never have anything one-to-one, but this saves, this saves basically the instance of any given generation, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm using the wrong um, technology tech <laughs> <laughs> nomenclature here, but um, uh, from a I guess a, a dumbed down simpleton language palette, that's how that's going to work. So I, I thought it was super cool. It was hella trippy. They loved to develop it in VR as well because that's like the feedback that everybody's given them is like, mm-hmm. have you guys like looked at VR for this? Really? And I, I would honestly. I would buy that game in its current form now, and especially if they put that in VR. I would, I would, yeah, I would, yeah. I would, it I would, sounds like a sweet VR yeah. game. It, it, that game, and, and like like AJ said, it 100% correct. Like I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to touch it, but I, I watched some other dude play it, and it is literally just mesmerizing to just mm-hmm. look at and watch. So, hella cool, hella hella cool. Yeah, and that was glitched. There's one other game I didn't get to play that had been set up between the time we arrived, AJ, and as that I was one, walking out. I actually that's one of the ones I played the first time I went. All you, okay. that's the skateboarding dog game. So yeah, okay. It looked like it was uh 
like he had made some progress, but hopefully he's back again so I can try that again. <laughs> it was actually pretty fun the first time. <laughs> a skateboarding been... dog, you say? Yeah, Ollie, okay. and the name of it is Ollie Oop, which is like the most Minnesotan and also skateboarding name ever because it's yeah. like Ollie Oop or Ollie Ope is his name, I think. Nice. O-P-E, Ollie Ope. <laughs> I've been seeing a ton of that game on Twitter. Um, Alex Carlson is the developer for that, and he's been sharing just so many screenshots and so many videos, and it it just looks so adorable. It looks like it's going to be so much fun. With the pumpkin head. He had the dog with the pumpkin head for Halloween. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Jack-o'-lantern. I want to really just say thanks to all the developers who were at Glitch let us try out their games, and Mm -hmm. um, we're really cool about us letting us talk about them on our on our podcast here so hopefully they'll tune in uh on friday when we publish and they can hear our hear our thoughts and um kudos to glitch because that place seems just cool and i would encourage mm-hmm. anybody who's interested in the development it's, process it's very very it's very welcoming too like yeah. there were people of all types there yep completely and all ages yep and just go if you're curious at all just go uh first first friday of every month right aj First Friday, yep, of every month. And it, it was really cool, and and that's 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 a really cool like business space there. They're just kind of like an incubator. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's an awesome thing to have, like in our backyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good things. I'm really hoping to go the next time they have one. We'll see, we'll see how it works out. But I'm excited about it. Let's move on now to the news. There's news, not news. a ton going on this week. But there are some interesting things happening. Uh, if you're interested in esports, the League of Legends Woo! worlds are happening Whoa. right now. As we speak, it will be finishing up the day after this goes live. The final is going to be against FPX, which uh, they're called Phoenix, and they are out of China, and G2, which is one of the European teams. So that is interesting. If you're interested in that, head on over to Twitch. I'm sure you can just search League of Legends Worlds, and it will bring you right to it. It's a big deal. Just put that in Google. It is. It is a big deal. And it's League of Legends is big. I personally don't know a lot about esports, and I don't know. I know almost nothing about League. Um, But it is something that um, I think I'd be interested in. And shout out to Tom for keeping us on our toes whenever there's some league of legends news he's always tweeting at the podcast so good on you tom make sure make sure we're paying attention (laughs) yeah that is something that is something i think that's a little bit of a blind spot for us we want to try to want to try to work that more into the podcast here and also just i want to work it into a little bit more of my uh just daily life and some of the media that Mm -hmm. i consume Ah, fuck those nerds and their fucking spreadsheet games and their three lanes of fucking mobile bullshit. <laughs> fuck all those nerds. I'm just Whoa. kidding, Tom. I love you. Tom's been one of my best friends for a long time, and he's always trying to get. He's been trying to get me into League of Legends for like the last decade, and I'm just like, mm, fuck that game. You enjoy it. <laughs> you have fun, I, but no. I've played one round of League of Legends, and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And that was, was it? That was ten years ago. Now, that game's been around forever, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. And it's still just as popular as ever, so... I don't know. If you're interested in esports, let us know. If you want to come talk to us and just, like, educate us about esports, that'd be cool, too, because 
we we don't always know what's going on. <laughs> Speaking of those other types of games, BlizzCon. <laughs> Just smooth transition, buddy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> BlizzCon. Hey, daylight savings. Yeah. Blame it on the savings. That's what I'm it's, doing. We all got an extra hour of sleep when we were rushed for it. I can tell you that. Uh, you BlizzCon actually happened. lost one, so I don't know what daylight savings time you're going with. Sure. <laughs> well, did you fall set, back. Did you set your clocks back the wrong way. Game fall back. That's what they call me. <laughs> oh. Um. So BlizzCon happened over the weekend. It was interesting to say the least. We on the Blizzard has been in the news. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding some of the things that they've been saying and doing. They started off their conference with an apology right away. Um, I have the apology. Well, yeah, it was it was a lot of words and literally no action. It was just, hey, we're sorry word that salad? this happened. So it was a word salad. It, dude, it wasn't even a word salad. It was a word piece of lettuce, honestly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no word salad. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. No word lettuce. <laughs> it was, no croutons on that bitch. <laughs> Dude, they didn't even put dressing on it. They didn't yeah. even like just like throw a bottle of olive oil in there. They yeah. just like opened the uh, bag of spinach and dumped it out on the table. So I yep. heard that Diablo Four is only online only, which I guess for me, and it's not coming to Switch to start, which is where I play Diablo Three. So both of those things, I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably not even gonna play this game at least at launch. <laughs> I've also right. heard they're kind of like some of the moves. That they're making with Diablo 4, they're like, hey, we're going to correct all the shitty crap that happened with Diablo 3 at launch. But then they said all that stuff, like you said, online only, and said a lot of stuff kind of making it sound like they're going to try to make Diablo 4 into a live services game, which everybody mm. was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No thanks. We don't need another one of those, man. Yeah. Well, I think they're they're just trying to chase the success that they had with Overwatch. And putting it in something else. And if they can put it into an isometric game like Diablo or isometric RPG like Diablo, I think that's really... They'd be one of the first ones to do that. Unless League of Legends is an isometric RPG. Then you can just call in and tell us, you know. Well, speaking of Overwatch, (laughs) Overwatch 2 seems like the biggest on-its-face money grab (sighs) in a while. Just to recap. They announced those two games, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. They had all leaked. We kind of knew they were coming anyways because that's what makes money. But Blizzard officially, in in all capacity, announced them and that they said, yes, for sure, these are coming. And yeah, Overwatch 2, the really interesting part about it is that when you're playing Overwatch, eventually what's going to happen is they're going to port all of the maps from Overwatch 2 and all the characters from Overwatch 2 to the original Overwatch. So the only thing that you're paying for is like PVE content. So all the PVP content, all the multiplayer for the most part is going to be available on both games. Right. And all your skins and everything carry over. So I don't understand how they're going to turn one extra or two extra. Well, again, I guess they're going to make a more thorough story mode and a couple different new multiplayer modes that people are already poo-pooing on. And turn that into a sixty dollar title to release? Question mark. Yeah. Seems weird. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was weird. 
it weirded me out how excited people were for both mm-hmm. of those things. Like, given the recent things that happened, it's kind of like everybody kind of anticipated. It's when bad things happen, it's like, hey, look at this shiny new thing over here to distract you, which is kind of infantilizing video gamers, but then we respond to it in this way where we completely forget about the blitz yep. chunk stuff and start right. talking about, and I'm not saying we're doing that necessarily right now, but in general, even though the shiny new thing isn't that right. much different than the shiny thing that we already currently have, you know? Well, right. And, and that's an interesting <laughs> point. Everybody's one new company's fuck up of the week is the best news for the company who last fucked up the week prior. I yeah, mean, right. How many people right. have talked? How many people have talked about that extra Fallout service lately? Oh, well, Fallout. Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing we all, the terrible thing we all already forgot about. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do wonder if somebody had like, if Blizzard said, "Hey, announce this right now, so that we can get out of the news." <laughs> Bethesda come out with this really, really terrible idea, so everyone forgets yeah. how <laughs> how bad we are and pushes all the blame onto you. Exactly. <laughs> like a secret society where all the head game developer heads meet in like a dungeon with like cloaks on and torches. Yeah. <laughs> and they all have to take their turn being the bad guys for yeah. a week every year. Facing the internet eye of Soren. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, like, like just looking at Bethesda and like how the mighty have fallen, man, from, think about Skyrim mm. came out in 2012 and that was preceded by fallout new vegas and fallout 3 and then like what started with fallout 4 like i didn't hate that game but i had no problem with that game i didn't love it either i would (laughs) it was fine but like i don't know they've had good games too but i just feel like they've made some really poor decisions in the recent years to put them where they are now i do think it's important for these companies though to kind of to cycle out just because i think it's important for other other companies to get their due and to to shine you know yeah that's why can't can exist in America, man. <laughs> and you that, can have you can have a turnaround. Here. I mean, look at how hated Ubisoft was no more than five years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Re- remember when they tried to pull the bullshit where if you bought a used copy of a Ubisoft game to access the online mode, oh. they tried to charge you ten dollars for that. Was that, that them that right. did? Really? That was they started that shit. Yep. Oh, and I thought EA followed that. it. No, it was Ubisoft, and then EA tried to copy, and then right before EA was about to do that, every the, the vitriol that got spat upon Ubisoft became so terrible yeah. that they they were like, nope, never mind. Just and kidding. EA was like, nope, never mind. Forget all that, forget everything we just said. Yeah. And then they made that's... a whole bunch of stuff free. Like I remember they like completely backfired. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um... Not too long ago, somebody somebody said, "Yeah, Ubisoft makes terrible games." And I and I looked at him and I asked him, "I said, what bad Ubisoft game has come out in the last four years? Yeah. What and bad I, thing and, have they done?" And I would say Ubisoft gets a lot. They, you know what? In my honest to goodness opinion, you know, sort of like you know, a game that you that is like an infinite playground, such as like a No Man's Sky, which is really. The, you you make that game into effectively whatever you want it to be that and like the Minecrafts of the world right but from a triple A production standpoint no company is putting out better bang for buck titles 
than Ubisoft over the last half decade. Not no. one. No. Oh, for sure, man. Just so good. I mean, a game that we've all played and we all loved was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like that game I was just about to say that. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dump trucks worth of content. Yeah. It's, for it's so cheap, man. Yeah. And sounds they're like all they're... so well produced for the most part. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it sounds like they're kind of fucking it up now, but well, sales wise they are. Yeah. I still think the quality of those games, um, when they come out, like Breakpoint, I think would still be a good quality game. It's just nobody played it because it's the end of the console generation and everybody's expecting software to fall off this year so yeah hey dude speaking of which game we should follow up from last week when we somewhat theorized what was going to happen to gods and was it gods and monsters and oh yeah um watch yeah. legions and what was it rainbow six quarantine correct yeah. they yes. all they and they immediately announced that yep those titles are going to be cross-gen. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're going to be launching probably. I mean, that would be honestly just a great lineup to have those three games, and then you assume a new Assassin's Creed. That you've mm. got four very different games launching with the new consoles, and you would just think that that is like absolutely. It's going to be absolutely perfect, and it's going to give players so many different choices to play so many high-quality games right off the bat. Any Ubisoft games. So they're going to be supported online. They're going to be supported like with great DLC and with really expansive stories and really beautiful graphics. It's going to be so much. It's going to be so good. I'm really excited. And, <laughs> and I would love I would love to have a conversation to piggyback off of one I heard. I think it was Greg Miller and I forget who was co-hosting that day on Game Sally. But they had an interesting conversation about what the hell is the difference between the PS4 version and the PS5 version if everything's supposed to be backwards compatible, like, are they literally selling you the exact same disc in a different new shiny box? But that, that we could save that conversation for another day. But I find, yeah. I find that, I found that discussion to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that maybe a little bit later when we actually kind of know a few more details about that. So running the console releases, um, but I, PS5 this is, is. going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, what the PS5 is and what the Xbox, quote-unquote, but the Xbox 2 will be. Because that'll be really interesting, again, going back to and seeing what exactly, like, if everything's backwards compatible, is nothing backwards compatible kind of a thing. All right. I do want to touch on just the Death Stranding reviews. They are out now. Uh, again, this is dropping on November 8th. So a lot of you who are listening to this who have probably already played or are currently playing Death Stranding. Well, that drops on the 8th. What do you mean? Well, Is the it... podcast comes out on the oh, 8th, right, and the yeah, game yeah. comes out at yes. midnight. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. I, I do suppose. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. A lot of you, dear listeners, uh-huh. are probably <laughs> playing I was confused. I thought <laughs> that was Death another Rating. daylight savings time, time warp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, none, of us, uh, none of us are playing Death Stranding because we, are, we, are, we don't have review codes. We're not, we not that cool. We're not that big of a... A dude, podcast, we're, so. dude, we're using new Google negative latency technology to broadcast <laughs> this podcast now, which is currently in the future, but when Death Stranding is out or something. I played it on Stadia six months before it came out because <laughs> exactly. of negative latency. Thank you, negative latency. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, so it, it came out. John, I'm particularly interested to hear what you... 
have to say about some of the initial reactions simply because you did not like Red Dead Redemption 2 and how much walking and just getting from point A to point B there was yeah. in Red Dead Redemption 2. So I, feel like I would like this more just because I like Kojima and I love Metal Gear games. Um, all of the mainline ones like starting with Metal Gear Solid and up to and including Metal Gear Solid 5. I loved all of those games. So I would be more inclined to play this one, but I do, it does sound like a bunch of fetch quests. I'm not big into, like, Minecraft kind of stuff. Like, hey, cool, look what I built to help us do this, like, community thing. I think it's cool that that exists, and I think it's a great thing that people do that in games, but I don't particularly care for it. And then the fact that I heard it's from, like, 40 to 60-plus hours is another huge turnoff for me because there's just other things I want to play. And that seems like a really long time. Now, did any of you guys play Journey at all? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that it sounds a lot to me like Journey in that there's this elements where you can jump in and build things for people and essentially help people along their trek across America. Do you would that appeal to you at all? That kind of element, or does that, John? It sounds like it's not for no. you. No, I love um, it. I love it. Okay, and I love it because of Dark Souls. Right. Really oh, very yeah. similar mechanics in Dark Souls as well. As well. Yeah, they have the asynchronous multiplayer also in like Dark Souls, where you know sometimes it could be a hindrance, <laughs> but also other times it could greatly benefit you. Like, you know. Don't go to the left because you're going to fucking die. So stay to the right. Yeah. Shit like that. I I just, well, I think it's part of like the, with Death Stranding too, I think it's part of the higher art form and part of the message he's trying to get across that game is this feeling of a disconnect and people helping people, neighbor helping neighbor, even if you're, even if you're not going to be the one to even see them, be able to be rewarded by your altruism. Your altruism just exists specifically to be a self-fulfilling prophecy of altruism, to help this now disconnected world reach some form of humanity through just pure generosity again. So yeah. I find that concept itself uh, to be widely fascinating in so yeah, far as a game mechanic. I agree. Super cool. So is it going to be way easier for people who play the game later and that's what i'm not clear on because i think it draws upon i think it draws upon first your local friend group on whatever on your playstation okay so if you and i i'm curious about that myself like if i don't have anybody else in my friends that is playing death stranding am i going to benefit less than someone who is but i bet you there's i I mean i'm sure they thought about it through and i'm sure like even if you have a million friends playing it right, you're still only going to get so much help, so it probably only allows some yeah. stuff to come into your your world, right? Yeah. Plus there's probably that, not everything, because uh, otherwise there would just be highways everywhere eventually, and the game would defeat itself. Well, yeah. well the time race is... thing that degrades things over time, so even if stuff is built in your world, it doesn't last forever. Oh. Right. Okay. So that would be... I mean, you're right. You're you are correct in that, like you're you are connected to a 
server that has a limited quantity of people that interact on that server but stuff that's built does degrade over time from the oh I time range stuff okay yeah. okay i think it's an interesting game it's actually something that i i saw um or from what i heard about it now that we actually kind of know what it is um and have a better idea of what they're trying to do i actually this is kind of one of the first ps4 games where i've said this would be something i'd be really really interested in playing um you're crazy <laughs> one I, of the first ps4 games that you've thought that yeah i'll drive to your house and beat your ass right now with with a copy <laughs> of spider-man God of War or beat whatever. him to with death Spider-Man. with his own xbox <laughs> exactly <laughs> no it was spider-man was intriguing god of war i mean looks fantastic and what from what i streamed the story was fantastic i never I think the one thing is that both of those games, I never got my hands on a controller and I never got to feel the gameplay yeah. of them because that's yeah. all that I hear about is so huge, it just huge. feels so good. Yeah. Um, Death Stranding, I've heard feels really bad, but what do you mean mind. feels really bad? <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it feels bad. I've heard it doesn't control very well. I've heard it's not something that's necessarily fun to play like a Spider-Man or a God of War would be, but it is the first thing that, like, gameplay-wise has interested me, or interested me, and has made me feel like this is something I could really get into. Again, yeah, it definitely seems different. I'm super well, into management sims. I'm super into walking simulators. Oh, so well, yeah. Right. When the reviews finally came out and people were finally talking about it and saying, this is what this game is, I thought, oh, this game was just made for me. <laughs> yeah. Dude, from looking at that, just how much you micromanage your little backpack thing that you wear and every little thing that's on it how much you can micromanage it i think this definitely if you're into that kind of thing definitely well, i think, fit I think the controls are purposefully clumsy too right because oh yes yes because yeah. like yeah. literally the traversal for the most part is the game yeah i'm not knocking it for that because i think that is a really interesting concept and i think that's something that i can 100 percent get on board with mm-hmm. so i'm all yeah. for it more power to you, man. Yeah. Is anybody playing this game right away? Because I think I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait too. Yeah. I'm I wonder if Shane. Play. I wonder if Shane's gonna play it right away. I don't know. I hope I mean, he does. I'm just, I, I hope it, he does it, too. I'm gonna buy it, and I'll probably buy it just Black Friday weekend just to see if it drops like even ten, fifteen bucks. Or, I'm just, I'm just curious about it, and and you know what? Like I've said before, I like voting with my dollar. And this is different. It's not fucking Call of Duty 28. It's not Forza 47. It's <laughs> not a new Fortnite season. It's not the Assassin's Creed, you know, Mexico or whatever. It's it's something. <laughs> it's something different. It's something different. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's trying to be different for better or for worse. And he he you know he he did the brave thing and went out on his own despite you know probably getting bunch of money from sony but nonetheless it's something different and i want to reward people for taking risks with triple a games who are doing something that is different that's good call gabe i'm kind of excited about this mostly normal question yes let's get into it this is going to be a really fun one um if tomorrow video games completely disappeared what hobby or hobbies would you replace them with 
Yeah, of course, working to be the first to create a video game is not a choice. So to say video games are completely out of it. None of them exist. What would your hobbies be? Right. I wanted to what? make that a qualifier in the question specifically because somebody would have been like, make the first video game, right? <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's cheating, though. It's like asking for more wishes, you know? It's just, right. It's just Effectively. Fair. Right. <laughs> Uh, so let's go with so AJ. I, AJ, what do you think? Well, I think I would probably just delve deeper into hobbies I already have, like frisbee golf. And to be a hundred percent honest, I'd probably be in a lot better shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if right. video games didn't exist, because I'd be like, "Fuck, I'm bored," and then I'd like <laughs> yes. go leave the house and do something. Exactly. Um. I hear that, yeah. Also, I might get a little more into sailing because my dad does some sailing and i feel like that that would be a really like like not a lot of people have the opportunity to learn that yeah Um, yeah so i'd probably do some more of that i mean i know enough i could probably make like the boat go but when it comes to like racing and stuff like that because he does some racing uh so i'd probably do some of that and then as far as like in the house goes i might get into like control airplanes and like building them in the like that's what i meant by in the house because i know you have to fly them outside but like i think it might be fun to like build some functional like model airplane with like a tiny engine and stuff i feel like that'd be cool that would be very cool you could probably try to fly them in the house as long as your mom's not there and she's dude somebody you you know it's your house you can do what you want aj (laughs) yeah somebody (laughs) flew one in our warehouse and flew it into like a beam like a support beam <laughs> what oh my god yeah um it didn't break but <laughs> where, where do, you, do you work at mythbusters or something like what's going on <laughs> no it's just we have like this big space and it was like late in the day on like a friday at, at like five o'clock and this guy just wanted to try out his remote control airplane <laughs> god of course of course of course <laughs> Jeez, john what would you do what hobbies do you have? I think I'd just become a problem drinker, I think. <laughs> just go back into it? Yeah, just go full balls to the wall. Uh, no, I'm probably... Some of the things make you realize that you should probably stop playing so many video games. Yeah, but, no shit. Uh, What's that party game coming out? Or that just came out? Which one? After Party. After Party. Dude, oh, I want to yeah. play that game, but I want to be drunk when I play that game. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. But yeah, sorry to interrupt like you. A good idea. <laughs> um, no, I think I used to before I had kid and got married and stuff. I used to exercise like all the time, like ride my bike and swim and run. And I'd like to do a lot of that stuff again. Rock climbing, I used to do a lot. Mm. I'd like to do that. I I read a ton, like of uh, fantasy novels. So I'd probably do more of that. Probably play guitar again more than i do currently snowboarding that's all the things i can think of right now that i currently do and just not as much because i'd rather play video games <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right anyway that's a good list though aaron yeah. what what would you do well so like i uh, i posed this question really because you know I, I just had my birthday and it's just like well, i'm 35 so i'm halfway to 70 now and that's almost fucking depressing to think about <laughs> and it's just like, you know, video games, as, as fun as they are and as as much as a release they are, they are kind of a 
in a way, and I don't want to offend anybody by saying this, but they can, you know, can be considered a giant waste of time relative yeah. to, to life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an introspective question, right? Because what, what would you do? And, I, you know, I'd, I'd want to learn, I'd want to do things I always think about always wanting to try to do, like learn to play the guitar or go fishing more or, yeah, not be as fat, right? That's that's the one we've all kind of said. Uh, play play some rec league basketball again, stuff like that, and um, maybe even try to start one of the many businesses I've thought up over the years and actually like, you know, take a chance of getting my hands dirty and something like that. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to learn how to play the guitar. I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. I kind of know how to play the bass, so um, I feel like yeah, I have to do the transition. Um, Gabe, do you know drums? I can sing. We got a band. If you, if Gabe can play drums, <laughs> I I played percussion through in like elementary school and high school. So there you go. Oh, in college too. So xylophone. Yeah. Good <laughs> yeah. So at, at minimum, you got those the, those spoons on your knee, right? You just whack it, <laughs> yeah. whack, whack, whack. Spoons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can play um, Mean Jug. Right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> right. And then John, you have a lot of experience, like shaking pill bottles so you could be like on go. the maracas right yeah <laughs> so, damn right right that would be uh, awesome but yeah no it's just like uh it, it was just kind of something i wanted to think about because video games are great we all love them obviously they're what brought us together but you know they're they're um you know they're they're less important important in the grand scheme of things per se and not to mm-hmm. say like learning how to play guitar is any more relevant but it's just it's something different it's some it's a it's something different and at least it would educate me insofar as being able to learn how to read music and be another creative outlet right and picking up chicks dude yes yeah yeah picking up chicks so that's a number one so well i actually think that like teaching my daughter to learn how to play an instrument would be super fucking dope yeah and i have this quasi dream of like Starting a family band and touring the countryside. There you and go. And all you haters <laughs> won't be invited. No. <laughs> <laughs> family already did it, dude. Yeah, bastards. Also, oh, Selena or yeah, Selena. They kind of did that too, didn't they? Gomez? Absolutely, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have done it. I'm just saying, I would also like to do it. My daughter could be the lead full female vocalist because I can't sing for dick. Provided we play the song list I make, because <laughs> I don't want to hear her shitty Justin Bieber ever, or whatever the fuck little pop artist exists. It's gonna be something worse by the time our it's kids are listening to K-pop, that. K-pop, well, some K-pop yeah. stuff. It'll probably it'll probably be a completely synthesized like quantum computer created music <laughs> artist in the vein of a boy band that'll just be terrible as fuck. It's Watson. Yeah. Watson's just singing a song. <laughs> Watson and friends. <laughs> awesome. Going along with the music theme, I think I would I'd play a lot more guitar and play a lot more music in general. Just because it was something I don't want to say before I got into video games because I've always been into video games, but it was something that I used to do just a ton of. And the last few years, I shouldn't say few years, maybe the last 
eight or nine years like my calluses have fallen off my fingers yeah um when i was really in the thick of it and i mean when i was a 17 year old angsty teenager in my parents basement like i could play for hours and hours and hours and hours oh it was (laughs) was a lot of like 182 a lot of there's a lot of green day going on there's a song over and over again that's all it was that's all it was (laughs) (laughs) but i I could just play for hours and hours and hours and just have so much fun doing it. And I, I can't do that as much anymore just because the physical stuff isn't there. I know that if I practice and I know that the more you use those calluses, the thicker they get, but it's just, it's more fun to sit down and play video games. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, to make this kind of bring it around to a less depressing video games are a waste of time. And I know that's not exactly what we're saying. No, that's not what we're saying at all. But, I do think because we all had a common interest, we're like, hey, you know what? I think video games and gamers get kind of uh, pushed into this corner of being isolated from society and introverts and, you know, losers or loners. Right. And I think I, that's... I don't know. I, I don't. I think that may have been the case when we were growing up. I think now in 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 this day and age, everything is one hundred percent. It's just. It's part of normalcy now. I partially it's... agree with you, but like the the to the extent where we play games, like when I'm at like a wedding or something, nobody fucking knows what I'm talking about at all. If I tried to talk about Death Stranding, nobody would know what fucking Death Stranding was, like in the circle at the wedding, you know, like the conversation circle. <laughs> yeah, fuck well, those people. <laughs> no, I do think that that's kind of a problem of it too, though. Is like it's not it's not something you necessarily wear on your sleeve, like, and it could totally be that there are there is somebody standing next to you that knows exactly what Death Stranding is. I can tell you, yeah. like, oh yeah, it's Norman Reedus and Leia Sado, and they're in this game, and they're you know walking across America trying to connect America. But you don't necessarily know that about somebody just by sitting there and having like a normal conversation. I think that's yeah. something like what we're doing now. Like we talked about just now playing instruments and forming a band and that sort of thing. Like we're kind of doing that now with in video games, how we're doing it. Like we don't granted, we're not like raiding together in destiny, but we're getting together every week. We're talking about games. We're having a good time and we are playing some things together. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. it, this is the creative outlet that we've all kind of chosen. And it's, it's something I personally, I really enjoy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this for being in a band just because I really oh, like yeah. talking to you guys. About stuff. Good stuff. But, yeah. And hopefully many more to come. Absolutely. We've got 20 episodes down, 20 episodes, and one special interview, again, that you can listen to. It went up on Wednesday. It's live right now. We interviewed the Pokemon CEO, Nicholas Covedo. Um, If you like that interview and you like this episode, you can tell us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. Please give us some feedback. We we really, really like when people tell us that we're doing something good. We also really like when people tell us what they don't like. They say, your questions are weird. They're less than mostly normal. Hot dogs, a sandwich, or not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tell us. Fight us about that question. We'll fight back, you know? It is a sandwich. It's and, a fucking and sandwich. That's a hill I'll die on. <laughs> um, if you have... Anything else and you don't want to reach us on Twitter, go ahead and email us at mngamerspodcast at gmail.com. John Swanson, where can people find you if they want to call you out specifically? John Swanson. Bueller. Did we lose him? Bueller. We may have lost him. <laughs> well, you can, find him, 
You can find him at Johnny Samsonite on Twitter. I know that. <laughs> that's that's true. If you want to if you want to ask him why he dropped out at the last few minutes of the episode, or <laughs> yeah. if you just want to check on him Seriously. and just make sure he's okay or not about uh, aliens. Yeah, go ahead and hit him up at Johnny Samsonite. AJ ID, where can people find you? You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E. Please give me a follow. Awesome. Aaron, where are you? You can find me on Twitter at WoodsTheMav. Perfect, perfect. And you can find me everywhere, particularly on Twitter, at GabeFall. Thank you so much, dear listener, for listening to this episode. I hope you have a great week. I hope you play some Death Stranding or whatever you're playing this fall. And happy gaming. Bye. Bye.